Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Let's talk today. Let's dive right in and talk today about the conscience. You know, God has given us many gifts. The Bible talks about how um, uh, Jesus led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Part of the gifts that God has given us are, are five-fold ministers. You know that your pastor, uh, the evangelist in your life, the, the teacher, the apostle, the prophet, they're gifts given by God to the church. One of the gifts, though, that God has given us is a conscience, and he's given it to every single person, um, born again or not. It's something that God gives, uh, uh, first of all, as a proof that, that he's God. It takes an idiot to say, um, there is no God when he has a law in his heart. The Bible says that Gentiles are a law unto themselves. There's a conscience, there's a God-given conscience on the inside of us that he's put there that gives us the law. Man knows without any uh, teaching, man knows that rape is wrong, that that murdering is wrong, right? There's a law in man's heart, but God gives man a conscience. But there's a scripture in 1 John chapter 3, someone recently asked me about, and it says here, for, uh, 1 John 3.20, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You know, with as a gift from God, your conscience is something that has to be protected. Uh, as a young person, and really just as a, a person, uh, the devil comes to lead you into temptation. He comes to uh, uh, bring you to a place where you will, um, uh, he'll, he'll bring you to something, tempt you with it, and then get you to cross the line. But ultimately, what he wants to do is make it that you look at something that God considers sin and, uh, and, and you call it okay. Hey, hey this is, it's okay that I do this, that you justify your sin. Because what actually happens is you start to sear your conscience. The Bible talks about people who have seared consciences. And so it's something that God has given us that must be protected. But the scripture is an interesting one because it says that if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. You know, ultimately, um, there's uh, God has called us to walk in love. The standard of our life is to walk in love. So if we look back here, verse 14, it says, we know that we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother abides in death. Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life dwell, living, abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And then it goes on, it says, Let us not love in word, but in deed. Um, hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. All this is talking about, before it says uh, that our if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, he's talking about love. You know, for us, ultimately, the reason he says this, he says, God, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts, is because many people's conscience is adjusted by bad information. You know, there's there's denominations, uh, uh, traditional Pentecostal denominations, different, well, different Pentecostal denominations that don't wear makeup. The women wear their skirts down to their ankles. Wearing makeup would be a sin. You know, wearing gold earrings would be a sin. There's one scripture in Peter that talks about it's not about the costly array um, or the putting on of raiment, but uh, uh, an, an inward uh, beauty. And they use that as a, oh, we're not supposed to wear um, gold and and expensive apparel, right? And we're not supposed to wear makeup. And so it's man-made rules. And so for someone like that to wear a, a, a necklace or to wear earrings and to put makeup on would be considered sin. And so God is saying, hey, you may have 
Your, your conscience may have been misformed, misshapen, but ultimately the standard is love. And so also on the other side, you have people who have, oh, you know, I'm South African and so we just drink, you know, we just have some alcohol, we just have a beer, you know, I'm Irish, it's just, we just drink, right? And it's, there's always something, oh, we're Puerto Rican, you know, we always just, we all just have tempers. And so they justify something that God calls sin because somebody along the line has told them. For me in my life, it was music. I had a, a, a good friend who um, listened to this hip hop, listened to hip hop music and worldly hip hop music, Jay Z, you know, Jay Electronica, some of these different artists, Most Def, some of these different artists. And when I first heard the music, my heart, I was convicted because I was like, I grew up homeschooled, very sheltered, and this music's full, full of curse words, right? Stuff that I shouldn't be listening to. But I looked up to this person as a man of God, and he was listening to it. And so what I did was I adjusted my conscience to his conscience. And I said, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And man, that's a dangerous thing. God gave me a conscience that's suitable. That's I believe there are things that are right and wrong. I believe music like that pollutes you. I don't see a place for it in people's life. But for him... He, he was fine with doing this, and he was a man of God. And so I said, well, he's a man of God. He has the anointing come in his meetings, and this is the music that he listens to. And so for me, it validated, um, although it's crossing the line, it made that okay. Well, I can still be a Christian and do this. But what God wants us to see, number one, is that, um, uh, is that ultimately it's love. It's laying down our life. And so another scripture to back this up is, is Romans uh, chapter 14. And it says here, um, let me actually pull it up, Romans 14, the whole chapter is really on on the conscience, uh, but it says here, as for one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. This is an interesting thing because he's talking to Romans, but there were Jewish people in the mix. So there were people who came out, they didn't eat pork, right? They didn't, they didn't eat shrimp because the law said, no, you couldn't eat this stuff. They wouldn't eat milk and, and uh, red meat and, and dairy together because it was against the law. So imagine a milkshake, no burger and milkshake together, no dairy, no cheese on top of your burger. There were rules. And so they came into Christianity where, hey, this stuff is done away with. You can eat shrimp now. You can eat burgers now. You can eat pork now, right? You can eat burgers with cheese on them. I'm sure they probably weren't invented yet. But man, I'm so glad we live in 2020 when fried chicken exists and biscuits exist. And uh, who knows what they'll come up with this in the years to come. Gelato. Like there was no, you think about that in those countries, people didn't see ice. If they lived in a humid temp- temperature, that you didn't, ice wasn't a real thing to you. There was no ice. Where do you get ice from? Not Florida, right? Not Israel. Maybe up on the mountaintop, but I'm a little side note. Thank you, Jesus. I live in 2020 when there's air conditioning and fried chicken. Let not the one who eats despise the one who doesn't eat. Verse 4, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another while each esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. You know, ultimately, you may look around you and don't compare your conscience to that of another. I'm not giving you a license to, oh, you can do whatever you want, because there are certain things like bad music will pollute your heart, right? Um, there are certain things like, I, I, don't, I don't believe this passage is talking about alcohol. I can show you enough scriptures that 
especially if you want to be used by God to avoid alcohol in all of its forms, right? But just in simple things, hey, you know, I can't eat pork because in the Old Testament they didn't eat pork. But whatever you do, be fully convinced of it. Don't do it saying, oh, I don't, you know, I'm changing this because someone else does it this way. You know, I came out, I came out of playing video games. Uh, I played a lot of video games. And so when it comes to Christmas time, I'll play a little bit of video games. But the truth is, if it gets beyond, I can't bring video games home. I can't come home and bring an Xbox back to my house. That would be, that would be a misuse of my time, which for me would be, hey, I'm not, I'm not being a steward of what God has given me. I can play this at my brother's house for a day or two around Christmas, but when it comes time to come home, that thing has to stay behind, right? So there's certain things. That's not everyone's conviction, but I can't look at a man of God and be like, they play video games and they're you know, powerful men and women of God. I can't adjust my conscience because God has something for me and he knows my weaknesses, right? Uh, God knows my shortcomings and the fruitcake recipe called for There was some wine that you basically put in and some bitters, whatever that is. You put in this um, mixture of dried fruits. And so I I made this. I actually went down and I found this stuff and I I bought it and I um, uh, made this stuff. And and for three days, like you marinate the fruits in this. And and I made this fruitcake. And I remember going, um, I was cutting the fruitcake. My mom said, hey, why don't you take a piece of that to, to one of the pastors on staff? And they, and I don't know where she came up with it. I know it was the Lord leading her to say this. She, she didn't have any ill intention. But she said, hey, take a piece of cake to this person, um, uh, Pastor John. And um, so I grabbed, uh, I cut a piece. I brought it to him. And I said, hey, I wanted to give you this, pe- this piece of uh, fruitcake, Jamaican fruitcake that I made. And um, gave it to him. And like a week or two later, I saw him and I said, hey, Pastor John, um, how did you like that fruitcake? And he said, man, it smelled wicked. And that's all he said. And I thought, and then I realized he came out of a lifestyle. He was a drug dealer. He came out of a lifestyle where for him, what represented serving the devil was drugs and alcohol, right? Those are things that were like the the representatives of serving the devil. So for him, he couldn't, just the smell of that fruitcake brought back memories of when he was serving the devil, right? Running full out for the devil. And so for me, I realized that I had made something. He looks at that as sin. And here I am, a homeschooled kid, just at home baking a, baking a cake, right? And but, but causing someone else to stumble. And if he wouldn't have been a pastor, imagine if he had been a new convert, right? And here I am doing something that puts a stamp of approval on something that for them, it's an absolutely not. And so I remember that, and that really changed my attitude. And since that day, I said, I'm never, I'm never baking with it. Man, if I go to a menu, if I go to a restaurant and I see a menu that's something's cooked in wine, I, it's, it's off the menu for me. I skip over it. This is just my personal conviction. But he says here, don't compare, um, don't compare, because there may be things that God has told you, hey, this is something that you can't do. Someone else may be able to do this, but you personally can't do this. Again, I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm, I can give you 50 scriptures, um, but you can't do this. You can't have a text message relationship with that person. You can't have a friendship with that person. You can't continue to talk to the person you used to date because it always leads you back to these feelings, right? Maybe someone else is mature enough to, to keep an ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend at arm's length and have conversations with them, but not you. You can't do that, right? You have to cut off um, you have to cut off everything of the past. And so God will do that. And so ultimately, 
It says here, live by the conscience God has given you. Verse 7, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I'm going to read that last line again. We are the Lord's. You know, you can get into these topics and, and man, it gets super controversial when you talk about this stuff. You talk about tattoos. I use this example and someone said, uh, brought up tattoos and I said, well, let me ask you if I brought you a can of spray paint and I said, hey, go to your neighbor's house over there and spray something on it. You'd be like, man, I can't, I can't go graffiti that person's house. Why? Well, it's not my house. I could graffiti my own house, but I can't graffiti their house. Well, the Bible says that you're, you are the Lord's. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is not first yours. It's the Holy Ghost's. So if you can get permission from the Holy Ghost, if you can look me in the eyes and say, the Holy Spirit told me to get this tattoo, then by all means. Now, again, if you got them, you, you, it is what it is. But you, you look at it from a different perspective. We are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you who do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, music is a big one for some people. You know, they can listen to, they can't listen to anything that's not Christian music, not even like classical music, not country. They can't. And then for somebody else, that stuff is, it's fine. It's a waste of time in my opinion, but for them, hey, it's fine. I can listen to this country music, right? I can jam out to this new new country music. Um, but don't judge that person because of a uh, what you would call a weak conscience, because they have their own deal with God. But then we see here, this progresses here and we'll, we'll come full circle. And it says here, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. You know, what you don't want to have is that you that we stand before God one day and he says, hey, I put it in your heart to do this. That's why comparison is so, such, a, such a terrible thing. There's things that the word is clear about, right? S- strong drink, the word is clear about. Alcohol, the word is clear about. But there's things that you may say are a gray area, things where... Like what you spend your time doing, how you spend your time, how you're a, sh- a shepherd of your time, a steward of your time. Um, but there's, there's, there's a, ultimately, we're going to give an account to God for ourselves. And you're not going to be able to say, well, my brother played video games four hours a day, so that's why I did it too. You're going to give an account to God. You, you're, don't cross over that line. Hey, the way you, the way you were uh, flirted where you shouldn't have flirted. You're going to give an account to God for that. So you make a decision. I'm choosing to live by the conscience God has given me. And then it says here, I know and am persuaded. And it says, let us therefore not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide to never put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is in it unclean in itself. So here he's talking about pork, all that stuff, but it's unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ has died. Do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. Here I am. I'm, I'm going to bake something and give it to somebody. And he looks at it as evil, right? If that had been a baby Christian, I could have put a stumbling block in his way. Make a decision. I don't, I don't, I don't live by my conscience. If, if, it's, if it's something that will be seen, I live by someone else's conscience. I live by the weakest conscience in the room. But what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ has died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual building up. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. 
It's not good to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. If we had no the scriptures on not eating alcohol, uh, this one would do it. Hey, by eating, by there's someone out there who's came out of a life of sin that for them alcohol is temptation to go back, that you have to live by their conscience. If they come over and there's, there's bottles of wine, even for me, and again, super controversial here, kombucha, 2% alcohol, whatever it is. I don't know what the percentage is. It just smells fermented, and so I won't touch the stuff. Why? Because I'm not trying to get away with things. I think that whole attitude, too, of like, well, can I do this and be a Christian? Well, I can still watch this type of movie and be a Christian, is saying, how close can I get to the line and still make it to heaven? How much sin and compromise can I get away with? Man, I want to look so much like the Lord that people are attracted to me because I live a life of holiness, right? People are people look and say there's people are attracted to Christ rather because I live a life of holiness. And so you make a decision. I'm not living by my conscience anymore. Yes, this is given to me my God as a as a way to keep you from stumbling, but ultimately I'm living for the sake of my brother. I'm making decisions to to cause someone else not to stumble. And I'm I'm doing this before God as a way to say, Lord, I'm not I don't want to do anything that's going to cause somebody else to be at a place where their relationship with the Lord is compromised because I'm taking my liberties. And that's what the conscience is for. It's to it's to keep us safe, so protect it at all costs. One thing I noticed is that, and I'll wrap up with this, but as a teenager, I used to watch movies that I can't watch now. There are movies that I chose to watch because of a seared conscience that I can't watch now. Rated R movies that had, you know, um, terrible language and a lot of violence and like just kind of interesting off the wall movies that now are like, this is creepy. I can't watch this stuff anymore. Where as you get close to the Lord, the Lord will start to require things of you. But Lord, this other person does it. Hey, that's between you and the Lord. Listen, you're going to stand before the Lord and you're not going to be able to bring up your, your, your uh, fellow uh, Christian who had a different standard than you had. You live by the standard God has given you. I believe this is for many people out there as we go into this new year. And ultimately, it's about yielding to the Lord. Let the Lord require things of you this year, things that you've allowed in the past that you just know, hey, this isn't the best. I should, I should give this up and let God um, take this out of my life and use me as an example. Rather be an example in what to do and not what not to do. I love you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next podcast.